With Virgin Media, you can build up the entertainment and tear down the price. Switch to Virgin Media today and get super-fast broadband and TV for just €49 a month for an awesome 12 months. The sale that stacks up. Now on. See virginmedia.ie and check out how our mobile sales stacks up too. T's and C's apply. See virginmedia.ie. 12-month contract. Offer ends 27th of February 2019. Hi guys, well, from Salt Lake City, Utah, it's Thank God I'm Atheist, the podcast. I'm Frank. And I am Mark, here, <laughs> today. <laughs> Welcome, Mark. Thank you. And uh, coming up on today's show, we're going to be uh, continuing our conversation about art mm-hmm. and religion mm-hmm. um, in, in, in this part two of our who knows how many parts series? Part series. <laughs> Strap in. Uh, we're going to be talking uh, a little bit more about sort of the uh, conservative religious response mm-hmm. to art mm-hmm. and to the NEA and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so stick around for that. Uh, and uh, of course, coming up now is this week's uh, craziness in the news stories headlines yeah you got anything good mark sure well it's not good but um i i think i've certainly mentioned this personage on the show before and i i'm sure you guys have mentioned her on the show before and that is the the sadistic fanatic lunatic mother Teresa. Oh yeah, Jeez. yeah the blessed what the what is her official title at the moment it's Oh, well, she's beatified. She's beatified. Right. Oh. She went to the salon and got beatified. <laughs> uh, get, got her hair did. Uh, I'm, I wonder if she had hair under that dish rag. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. Um, it's probably nothing to look so at. So the Pope has announced that she will become a saint on September 4th. Yeah, she, okay. That's mm. good. I don't know. This is not... It's not someone who they should... Oh, anyway, go on with it. Well, go on. Go you know, on. the main reason I bring her up is because she has somehow, we, you know, weaseled her way into being this cultural mm. landmark of goodness, of yeah. decency and caring and loving and self-sacrifice. And it is all 100% yeah. bullshit. It's the literal opposite of the truth. Yeah. She was an insane... She was literally a sadist, and yeah. she took this kind of Catholic de profundis uh, idea to its, you know, to its ultimate extent, which is that suffering uh, uh, strips away your sins right. and brings you closer to Jesus. Right. And uh, you know, her her she warehoused people that in what she called hospitals that were the furthest thing from hospitals, right? Where people who were either terminally ill and in terrible shape, or had completely preventable. Issues like a like a, a bile duct, you know, a, a blockage of some kind, uh-huh. or a you know an intestinal problem that could be handled, who just laid on these cots and died in misery, right? Um, with uh, with nary an aspirin, nary an aspirin, and yeah. at a ca- like weirdly they would occasionally do an IV or something, but right. it was used needles. Nuns mm. who have defected from her order talked about sharpening the needles on the cement, oh my god, because they were so dull and oh my uh, god, and just it. An atrocious human being that uh, 
smile captured the world's media, uh, media's attention. Yeah, somehow. I mean, really. Right. And and would smile at watching someone die in agony saying, "Oh, you're so close to Jesus. Can you feel the pain of his wounds?" Um and oh my god. Uh, and uh because there was this misinformation about the goodness of her work, she received hundreds of millions of dollars in donations that just sat in banks Where, collecting yeah. interest. Where's this money? It's still just collecting interest. Her no order, way. she has hundred. there's now, it says, f according to reports, the celebrated nun had 517 missions in 100 countries. Oh, my God. So some little amount went to sustaining the, the subsistence of the mission. Right. But... Uh, it, the rest of it just sat there. And Whereas with that money, she could have built state-of-the-art hospital in Calcutta or hospice that, center. Yeah, that fucking needed a state-of-the-art hospital. Yeah. yeah, but she didn't. And a lot of the money came from some of the world's most odious people. Uh, she l hated democracy. She loved dictators. Loved them. Okay. She thought democracy was a terrible idea. So she was oh. very close to the Duvaliers in Haiti, who were just horrible people. Wow. Um, and it turns out I didn't know that detail when That's when. Teresa had heart problems. Do you think she laid on her, a cot in one of her shit piles and died quietly? Mm, What'd no. she do? She took first class airfare to uh, a top American hospital and was treated by the best doctors in the United States. Wow. So she didn't exactly practice what she preached. <laughs> new. So I, I, just, I mostly bring her up because I think it's just important for us all to remind each other to speak up. I just that, threw, that was a great, I, great I just, maneuver with your pen I there. I threw a pen at Frank. <laughs> uh, sorry, Frank. To speak up when people bring her up as some yeah. kind of, oh, you know Mother Teresa, you'd say, well, thank God. Yeah. It, well, if you have a half hour, uh, watch Christopher Hitchens' Hell's Angel. Yeah. Um, it's on YouTube. The whole yeah. thing is there. Uh, look it up. And that's the best primer that yeah. you'll get on the Mother Teresa story. What a monster she yeah. was. Yeah. And uh, it kind of, he, he kind of tells the, the story of the, the first BBC camera crew that goes to Calcutta. Yeah. And they have this uh, brand new uh, stock, film stock from Kodak. That's right. Um, which is low light film. It's low light film. And it's, well, it has incredibly high range, yeah. right? Like right. It just, it, it, it works great in daylight. It works great indoors. Right. Right. Um, with, with very little light. And, uh, and so they go in, they've never used it. They didn't do any tests. Into they a very dark, in very dark chamber mm -hmm. where these people are laying suffering. And the cameraman is like, well, I guess I'll just try it out yeah. because I know nothing else is going to work. Right. And they get back to London. They're watching the rushes. And, uh, and this they, Catholic producer, the Catholic producer is like, it's divine light. Yeah. It's divine light. And turns the whole thing into a miracle. A miracle. Yeah. And it is counted as one of her miracles. No. Yes. Because you need, you need, you need a couple, couple miracles and a couple yeah. card tricks or something like that. <laughs> um, and she, I stole, I stole a Guido Sarducci joke there, but, um, uh, yeah, that was counted as one of her miracles that it was a fucking film stock. Yeah. It was like, no, it's just good low light film. Yeah. It's a new product. Thanks to Kodak. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the cameraman cam says that he was about to say, hey, three cheers for Kodak. Yeah. <laughs> right when the guy is like, it's divine light. Oh, good boy. It's divine uh, light. Oh, no. <laughs> good. Whatever the, a British man would say. Boy, when, you're, when you want to be a saint, it's good to be lucky. <laughs> Old boy. That's what he said. <laughs> Old it's, boy. Tut, tut. <laughs> All right. Enough chip, of this. Chip, chip. Okay. Anyway. Horrid little troll. Yeah. No, it's important to bring up. Um, yeah. It's something that we need to keep. 
keep talking about. Yeah. Um, she can't get away with it. Yeah, she's she will. dead now. But uh, if you need some help in your last moments, uh, call out. Pray to Mother Teresa. Mm. See, how, see uh, how it works for you. She'll come and help alleviate your pain. Is that she'll, what you know? She'll come and cackle mm. at your bone cancer. <laughs> All right. I didn't even think about what, what which one I want to do next. Uh, let's do... Uh, I'm going to get the poll out of the way. There's always a poll. Why is there a poll? You're very... I've every noticed single week. You're very data-driven. You have a... You seem, personally, Frank, to like polls. You I seem, do like polls. Yeah. You They're seem to have like a very data... Uh, yeah. It's always interesting to just... It, there, yeah. It, it, it helps me kind of just frame the world that I'm, I, to I take have the to pulse, live in. To take the pulse of the people. Yeah. So yeah. anyway... This is a terrifying poll. <laughs> Apparently, um, the majority of G the majority did I say that right? Majority of GOP voters uh, they support um, at least temporarily banning Muslims from the U.S. A majority oh. of GOP voters. I, are you at all surprised by that? I I think I'm surprised that it's a majority. Really? I'm yeah. Not, I'm not at all. You're no. not? No. Oh no. I, I, I guess I want uh, to believe in my fellow man. Sweet, sweet more. Frank. Sweet, more. naive Frank. <laughs> oh. I mean, I guess this explains why Donald Trump's appealing so much, you know, with the yeah. rhetoric that he's spewing. It explains why he's the front runner and more and more the well there's probably an organic conclusion of being their candidate there's probably an organic relationship between that poll and what trump is saying because maybe they wouldn't have been comfortable expressing what they believed until someone in quote unquote leadership made it a very public position right right cuz you it's it's kind of an awful thing to say or believe but and sometimes sometimes racists and bigots will keep their opinions slightly to themselves because mm-hmm. they know that's a racist or big, or they will be labeled that. Right. He's, he's obviously given people license to just yeah. blow the lid off. Uh, f- let's see. Four in 10 Republican voters uh, want all immigrants in the country illegally to be deported. Four in 10. Okay. that's not, I'm that's a, not surprising. That's weird that it's, it's, it's actually, that one feels low yeah. to me. So, same here. Um, but nine in 10 Republican primary voters uh, in five states where they did the polls um, are unhappy with the direction of the federal government. Wow. Big surprise. Nine and ten, right? Uh, Four and ten are angry. Just four? Four and ten. You know, four and ten are angry. Yeah. They've allowed themselves to be angry about the direction of the country. Again, I think that's low. Really? Well, look at the behavior. Look at look at look at what Trump has tapped into. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's a that and he hit a gusher. Uh-huh. Didn't he? With all this this insanity. Like watching what's happening at his rallies even without the protesters like, like Chicago got crazy, right? Cuz uh-huh. a lot of protesters went inside with the intent to disrupt. Right. But even when it's just like one lone person holding a sign, mm-hmm. the it's bedlam. People go they're kicking them and pounding them and there's there's glee on their faces while they're doing it and it's see and, and frightening the, to behold w- but i guess it, my perspective i would always look at that and say there's the angry fringe sure right that even though 
I personally want to believe that all Donald Trump supporters are just that angry friend or, or, or just like that angry friend. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just can't believe well, they all that there are that aren't, many, right? But four in ten. That's a lot. That, that, that's not fringe. Right. That's, that's a, almost half. Yeah, that's 40% right? of half the country, yeah. essentially. Yeah. And I, and of, of, of people that are lining up behind Donald Trump. That's where the anger is, right? Yeah. I mean, that, so, so, so anyway, um, a couple other things. Um, let's see. Only four in ten uh, want, let's see. What was this? Okay, so half of voters say they prefer a candidate who's an outsider. Mm. Uh, well, about four in ten want one with political experience. Is this so? Is that a poll of all voters, or is this still just Republican? Voters? This is this is GOP voters. The whole right. thing's about GOP voters, right? So four in ten want one with political experience. Hmm. Only four in ten. <laughs> like, like, I'm sorry, you're. It's a political office that that you're electing someone to yeah you kind of need somebody who understands I I how politics work you, I, like okay you don't want to elect some craven politician right some cynical politician <sighs> but you need somebody who who understands it look if, because you you if put I need, donald trump if i need pancreatic surgery right i i don't want a car salesman to do it right and just, i need somebody who's not in the, in the pocket of big pancreas <laughs> like, I don't get it. I don't understand. I under, I do understand that people are upset and they Republican base voters have been told since Ronald fucking Reagan mm-hmm. that they were going to get everything they wanted. They were going to get, you know, women in the kitchen, queers in the, you know, in the camps. Right. They were, you know, they were going to get uh, uh, abortion done away with completely. Right. That there would be prayer in schools. They've been told that every single national election and they've never gotten any of it now they've nibbled at the edges of stuff huh. you know they're trying to make abortion le- illegal by other means etc right so that they're furious because they've never they've been taken to the dance and, <laughs> and the republicans always leave with somebody else right you know, the the candidates always leave with somebody else so of course they're pissed so uh, the 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 politicians that have always promised them this they just see as the problem right so of course they want an outsider, but the the issue is in a in a nation of laws, you can't just do that. Right. You know it. T- there is a process. Yeah. And that's a good thing. And it's yeah. slow and it's boring. Right. But that's how we keep from just rushing to extremes and going insane all the time. Right. Well, and they're they're coalescing around somebody who hasn't like like he's not even he doesn't seem to be studying up on the issues. You know what I mean? Oh, or Trump. Like, yeah. What issues? I know. He just... He just... Anytime he gets asked a direct question about, you know, well, what would you do with this, you know, piece of foreign policy? Well, I'll just, I'll just learn on the job. Yeah. It's no, basically it'll be, You believe me. But uh-huh. believe me. Uh-huh. I will make Vladimir Putin's head spin. Right. You believe me. I will make Mexico pay right. for the wall. Believe me. I've got great ideas. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, what are they? I saw that ad where he's like, I, they're like, Fox News asked him, who are your foreign policy advisors? Who are you talking to for your ideas? And he's like, mostly I talk to myself. I have the best brain. <laughs> the best brain. I don't, it's the best. Yeah. I, it, it doesn't. But it, it resonates with his supporters. And it's, it's unbelievable to me. Because of how terrifying. Right. It, there is a strain in American politics that wants a guy just like them to be president. 
But he's not just like them. He's not just like them, but he sounds like them in a way. Yeah. It's just factless. It's unpolished. It's vulgar. It's rude. It's dismissive of women and other people's rights and other people's Mm -hmm. feelings. I'm a fairly smart guy. Mm -hmm. I want the president to be 10 times smarter than me. (laughs) I know. I want to feel like a moron in the president, in the presence of the president. Yeah. So I I don't get that. Oh, I just want to have beer with him and then watch NASCAR. I don't fucking get that (laughs) strain of American (laughs) politics. I'm sorry. Anybody who likes NASCAR. Uh, I was uh, listening to this. uh, What was it? It was on NPR. um, And they were talking to uh, this magazine publisher down in Florida who had worked with Trump in the past, mm. uh, who had actually helped publish Trump magazine. <laughs> he was the publisher of Trump magazine. Uh-huh. And I mean, it was just a, a, once again, just something that was branded Trump. Um, right. But uh, Trump was, I guess he was involved. It was, uh, cause it had to be classy. Yeah. <laughs> but the guy was questioned by the journalist on, Sort of, you know, were you, were you ever in any sort of negotiating uh, situations with Donald Trump? You know, that's one of his big claims, that he's such a good negotiator. Right. And the guy said that he uh, avoided at all costs ever negotiating with Donald Trump. He would only deal with his lawyers because he, he, the, the man was so unreasonable. Right. In any request that he ever had, right. that he was just like, I want nothing to do with right. that. That, you, that part of, he couldn't operate. Of who he is, yeah. yeah. And so, I mean, Donald Trump as president, uh, he's mis- foreign, foreign foreign governmental yeah. bodies would be like, no, we don't, we don't want to deal with him. Right, deals off. Yeah, deals off. It, let us either talk to your Secretary of State, yeah. or we're, we're not, we're not going to sit down in the same room with. Being you. the president is not being the CEO. Right. It's a, all you do is negotiate. All you do is compromise. Yeah. That's and, it. And you can't be the attack dog either. No. You got. You have to be a diplomat. Right. And uh, he's and been, he's an attack dog. He's an attack dog, and he's uh, he's been listed as one of the top ten global security threats. A Trump presidency. <laughs> yeah, along with like Chinese currency devaluation and <laughs> ISIS gaining. You know, seriously. Uh. I know. Hell in a handbasket. One of these days, we're, you know, in the future, we're going to be having a show where it's kind of a sit down and say to all our f- listeners and friends, please, it's happening. Please don't kill yourselves. We have community. We're going to get through this. Delete all evidence of ever having listened to this show from your, right. from your device. Right. You don't want proof that you're an atheist. Gold plate everything <laughs> so you can pass. Because they're coming for you. I, you know, I think it's going to, it's, it's entirely likely at this point. I know. Oh, That's terrifying. Uh, I, I didn't. I. I can barely think about it. I don't. I. I can't believe it. I'm nearly fifty, and I'm just. In my li- live long day, I've never seen anything that is this bananas. I know. In our in our political system, I know. I'm just like I'm I, mortified. And you could see people on television just kind of blinking and going, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, nobody knows what to do. I know. <sighs> it, uh, I, yeah. It, yeah I, I, I'm speechless. <laughs> I'm totally I don't even speechless. know. Anyway, Mark, what's... Speechless is a bad got? condition for a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just... Let's go micro for a second. And uh, 
again, in headlines that shouldn't be headlines, because why is it surprising, like the one you just read? State Board of Education in Alabama votes to keep evolution disclaimer in biology books uh, because religion. <laughs> so, so wait, what is, what is the disclaimer? I, I guess I can assume what the disclaimer says, but what does this? Uh, here, here's say? what the disclaimer says. Uh, biology to oh, the word theory in quotes oh, no. has many meanings. Oh no, theories are defined as systematically organized knowledge, abstract reasoning, a speculative idea or plan, or a systematic statement of principles. Scientific theories are based on both observations of the natural world and assumptions about the natural world. They are always oh, subject God. to change. They're always subject to change in view of new and con- confirmed observations. Yeah. Okay, not too insane, right? Many scientific theories have been developed over time. The value of scientific work is not only the the development of theories, but also what is learned from the developmental process. The Alabama course of study, colon, science includes many theories and studies of scientists' work. The work of Copernicus, Newton, and Einstein, to name a few, has provided a basis of our knowledge of the world today. Going in a good direction, right? It's promising. Okay. The theory of ev- evolution by natural selection is a controversial theory. No, it's not. That is included in this textbook. It is controversial. No, it's not. Because it states that natural selection provides the basis for the modern scientific explanation for the diversity of living things. It does. Since natural selection has been observed to play a role in influencing small changes in popula- in a population, it is assumed... That- no. It is assumed that it is a, that it produces large changes, even though this has not been directly observed. Oh, my God. <sighs> Frank can see me turning scarlet. <laughs> because of its importance and implications, students should understand the nature of evolutionary theories. They should learn to make distinctions between the multiple meanings of evolution. What? To distinguish between observations and assumptions used to draw conclusions and to wrestle with unanswered questions and that. unresolved problems still faced by evolutionary theory. That wrestling is called science. Uh There are many unanswered questions about the origin of life. With the explosion of new scientific knowledge in biochemical and molecular biology and exciting new fossil discoveries, Alabama students may be among those who use their understanding and skills to contribute to knowledge and to answer many unanswered questions. Instructional material associated with controversy should be approached with an open mind. (laughs) Said open mind. Studied carefully and <laughs> critically considered. Okay. That is what uh, high school students in uh, Alabama must read. So that their parents can feel a little bit better. Again, I about am, them I am absolutely about evolution. baffled by the idea that people who believe literally mm-hmm. in the virgin birth, right. people who believe literally in the story of fucking Noah, right, demand a greater proof right. from the completely provable, the absolutely scientific fact of evolution. Well, I just tell boy, science still out on that one. It ain't like the story of Jonah, which happened. Well, right, because that's faith. Oh my god! And faith is far more trustworthy to these people. <laughs> yes, than than scientific consensus. We're not like I love that they always paint it. As though it's a there's controversy. No, in your own mind, there's controversy. It is not controversial. There, there's there's nothing controversial about evolution. No, it is established at, through scientific consensus. Every single fact yeah. about how every new thing discovered about life on Earth, not even the origin of life, not even 
every fact supports evolution. Right. Every fucking fact. Not right. one doesn't. And this right. idea that, well, there are no transitional fossils. Every fossil is a transitional fossil. Yeah. Every, we're, every, we're all in transition. Every form of life is right. always in transition yeah. from one thing to another. Yeah. Just because your, your lifespan is too short and you're too rock stupid to understand it, to see it happening, well, how come they're still monkeys? If we involved for monkeys, how come they're still monkeys? It, just because you're stupid doesn't mean it's not true. So I don't really have an opinion about this. No, about clearly. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I don't know. I'm a little scared right now. Mark's, Mark's all worked up. I've, I'm, a, I, I'm behaving like a Trump supporter. But it's just so <laughs> fucking silly. I don't understand this desire to send our children out into the world hobbled. Well, a, that's Alabama. I guess it's Alabama. That's Alabama. That's on the flag. Yeah. Hobble our children. I mean, you don't understand it yourself. You're terrified of it yeah. yourself. And you're surrounded by like-minded people. Yeah. Um, a girl from work, young girl. Yeah. Really sweet. Um, every, like, just just a sweetheart, right? Yeah. Uh, came to us a couple couple months ago and announced that she was moving to Alabama with a friend of hers. Holy smokes. To Tuscaloosa, right? Ugh. And And I'm just like, have you ever been to Alabama? Like, do you know what you're... I've been, I have been to Alabama. The name of that town sounds like a lung disease. <laughs> and, and she's like, yeah, I know, but, you know, it's a college town and this and that. And I'm like, I, Just, don't, I don't think you... For you, fun? She's like, I'm bored. I'm moving to Alabama. Well, she has this friend who, for what... I, I can't remember why her friend was moving there. And she's like 19, 20, whatever, right? And her friend's <sighs> moving, and she decides that she's just going to go, and she'll just get, like, you know, some, you know serving job or whatever right she's gonna go and just have an experience <sighs> and i'm like why are you going to alabama to have an experience saying i'm moving right? to alabama is the end result of a huge series of <laughs> terrible choices and bad luck <laughs> it's not just like whoo it's tuesday yeah it was, i'll move to alabama <laughs> she called us last week asking for her job back <laughs> she's like i can't stand these people she's oh like oh my god she's like i stand out like a sore thumb uh and and i can't stand them they they make no sense they're unreasonable and she's how long a, was she going she's just a sweet little kid how long um four weeks oh maybe. my god that poor thing <laughs> yeah and of course we're like yeah we'll we'll bring you back we're not gonna be yeah. able to get you a lot of shifts to, yeah well, let, let's bring you back to our international <laughs> or, or big city listeners it must seem strange that the remedy for living in Alabama is fleeing back to Utah, but that is the state of – that's the way that's it is. That's how bad Alabama yeah, is. that's how is that, bad Alabama well, is. Salt Lake's a lovely place. Let's oh, not diss Salt Lake. Cray-cray. We can diss Utah however, however much Has she come? To. Did you give her a job back? Please say you did. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, but, but You're like, like I said, we can't get her many shifts initially. I mean, she walked away. We until until she's out of quarantine. <laughs> Until we make sure that <laughs> none of her rush she's off. safe for the that, rest that of the she's staff. clear of her Tuscaloosa. <laughs> That's funny. You can tell that with an X-ray. <laughs> oh, poor thing. God. But yeah. Oh, what it's my we, turn. What were we talking? I about? I think it's my turn. Okay, your turn. Well, yeah, it just, is. Yeah. We did the. We you, did the, bio, done, right? the biology with book. all that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm gonna get this one out of the way really quickly. Okay. Because I'm tired of talking about Trump. Oh, okay, God, but I, I can't pass this one up because it is actually really religious-y. Okay. Um, so Trump 
so it's a Trump pastor, right? He's somebody who's supporting Trump. Okay. Right. Uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, televangelist Mark Burns. Hmm. Um, because he kicked off a rally uh, for Donald Trump in North Carolina uh, by calling for Bernie Sanders, uh, who, oh, you no. know, who's Jewish. Oh, boy. Right? Let, let, let's just remind everybody. Bernie Sanders, oh, Jewish. Boy. I'm scared. Uh, what do you say? So he calls, he calls on Bernie Sanders to get saved. And then he goes, on. <sighs> Bernie Sanders, who doesn't believe in God, how in the world are we going to let Bernie... I mean, really? <laughs> he says to the crowd's applause. I mean, really? Uh, he didn't say a sentence in there. Uh, Bernie's got to get saved. Bernie's got to meet Jesus. It's one thing to say get saved. We all know what that means. Yeah. But now he actually brings Jesus into the Well, box. Well, that's a little bit sinister to He's, meet, meet yeah. Jesus. How does yeah. one meet Jesus? Well, yeah. I'm By passing through the veil. He's got to come. He's got to have... A coming to Jesus meeting. So he's saying Bernie needs to convert to Christianity. Well, thank God there's no history of Christians aggressively trying to convert <laughs> Jews to make that as sinister as it could sound if that had indeed yeah. been the case. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Pretty amazing. Oh, if that if, happened. <laughs> well, I don't know. Like, Christians want all the tolerance in the world. For right? Christians. For Christians. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, it's persecution. <laughs> yeah. Meaning, you know. if Jews get tolerance, too, it's persecution. Of, of Christians. Christians. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. how it works. And you couldn't possibly have, you know, somebody be elected president who has a different, you know, oh. faith than you do. Yeah. Remember how, how or not faith. crazy they went about uh, JFK? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Catholic. Yep. Well, I mean, the issue with, with JFK was the same concern a lot of people have about a Mormon president. Sure. Because it was like, well, there's the Pope. He has this higher authority here on earth. Yeah. Who is he going to take direction from? I think, you know? uh, personally. And so I think Jews are really safe in that regard because there is no sort of central there, no, Jewishness. There's no Jewish Pope. You, you kind of get to be right? your there's... own Jew in a lot of ways, unless you're like Orthodox. God, it's chaos. Who do they answer to? And I might be... You know, Rabbi Gruber, please correct us. Uh, I, I have a <laughs> like I've learned that I open my mouth on anything Jewish and I always get it wrong. But do you know what though? I had I have a, a friend who's a who's a pretty seriously observant Jew, and I, the, mm -hmm. what my take from who he feels like he answers to, who he is responsible to answer to, is himself. Yeah, and and I like that. I think uh -huh. that's nice that there you you are the carrier of the morality and you are the bearer yeah. of of that into the world and. You're responsible for yourself and yeah. you better, you know, I don't know who you answer to on the other side, but yeah. they're going to, you know, check yeah, it off. Outside of Orthodox, Orthodox Judaism. Yeah, where there is a leadership. Where, 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 and, and there's just batshit craziness, mm -hmm. right? All around. Yeah. Um, I find, I find, you know, um, Judaism to be fairly reasonable, you know, like you're kind of, tr you know, um, you know, you're American reform Jewish person. Yeah. They're beyond reasonable. When we bring up Jewish zealots on this show, it's kind of funny because it seems like such an outlier. And I know, and I look, I know that there's, that there's a plague of that in Israel, which right. has a bunch of cuckoo banana 
conservatives, and then they have this extremely reasonable yeah. secular right. majority, but it's right. always the, the the Orthodox Jews. That, yeah, that, yeah, that do smash up planes and won't sit next right, to right, women right, right. and yeah. behave crazily. Yeah. That uh, So I agree. I just think that... that so you know, leave Bernie alone. Leave Bernie alone. Leave Bernie alone. He's... he's, he's he doesn't actually seem that reasonable. I think, the guy, bef- but he's uh... <laughs> before he meets Jesus, he needs to meet a barber. <laughs> a comedian described him as the as the as completely bald yet having more hair than anyone else in the race. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. So uh, I've got a fun one. We talked. We touched on Girl Scouts a little. We touched on the story of Girl Scouts. Let me be very specific about that. Last week. Um, <laughs> Didn't we talk about Girl Scouts? I think we did. Yeah, we did. Yeah, and uh, so the Girl Scouts are back in the news. Why? What did they do? Oh. What horrible thing did the Girl Scouts well, do this time? This time, they need to be murdered. According <laughs> to pardon, they need to be murdered. According um, to our friend, where is this coming? Kevin from? Swanson, the pastor courted by Ted Cruz, oh. how is, who has repeatedly called for the execution of gay people. Including just minutes before speaking with Cruz at an event last November where Cruz heartily accepted his endorsement. Um, he has spent years. This guy, this guy is a freak. I'm, he's a freak on the level okay. of Pastor Manning and ass babies. This guy's a crazy <laughs> man who clearly is a not successfully closeted homosexual. Um, he spent years calling for a boycott of Girl Scout cookies and accusing the organization of promoting communism. And turning girls into lesbians. Of course. Yeah. Uh, he said that Girl Scout leaders have violated Jesus' teachings, that it would be better for someone to have a millstone hung around their neck and thrown into mm. the sea rather mm-hmm. than cause a child to sin. This instruction, Swanson said, should be applied literally. Oh, right. After criticizing the Girl Scouts because it promotes lesbianism and move, movies like Harry Potter and how to... What? what? Well, my question is, where does one find a millstone these days? Well, because if it's literal, Brooklyn, you know, they're they're making like the hipsters are making home milled bread, but there's not there are not enough millstones for the lesbians, right? Am I wrong? There's we have a, a shortage of millstones for this particular need. Thank yeah. God. Well, we're just gonna have to make more. Get get those hipsters. We can, we get, do, get them, put them to work. More stone yeah. ground breads. We, we need a little sweatshop down in this. So <laughs> this is the guy who screamed that he would cover himself in cow shit and sit outside a church if his son gay married. Sit outside the church <laughs> okay. And went on that rant about oozing sores and don't put a smiley face on sores. It's not nice. What is it? Wait, what is this? Kevin Swanson. Okay. Yeah. He's crazy. I, I, I guess I, I guess I don't really... I don't know the name, to be honest. Oh, you will. You'll yeah, get to know the name. When, yeah. He'll probably be Cruz's vice My presidential uh, God. running mate if Cruz can pull it out. If Trump so, somehow implodes yeah. between now and then. Um, well, fascinating. So Pastor. again. Uh, oh, he's a. Wow. Yeah. He's a freak. Yeah. Okay. He's a freak. He looks like he looks like a pterodactyl in a suit. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't fit in a Bernie Sanders fit suit. But um, yeah, so Girl Scouts, you know, get together, have fun. And watch out, apparently. Yeah. Are they better? Dirty lesbian cookie kids. Oh my God, yeah. yeah, fuck that guy. Mm. All right. Uh, well, Oklahoma, everybody. Oklahoma is okay. Just okay. I love that, right? It's on the license plate. Does it say just okay? No, but 
it, it should say just that's okay. what everybody understands kind of like, it to say oh well oklahoma is okay okay it's okay <laughs> hey everybody it's we're from oklahoma it's okay don't be, life in oklahoma don't it's be ashamed okay. frank have have some oaky pride it's a hard thing to do is that a slur oaky it's kind of a slur nah, no, it might right. be for some people but i don't know my parents you can call each other that my parents embrace it yeah yeah, they're Okies. Yeah. Whatever. Um, that said, their state legislature... Oh, you'll recall, right? I have to actually back up with this one. Mm. You'll recall, not too long ago, the case of the Ten Commandments on the state capitol grounds in, in Oklahoma. It's hard Oklahoma to... Oklahoma City. It's right? hard to isolate which state, but you're saying in right. this case this it is one, Oklahoma. It's Oklahoma. Right. And there was the miraculous Oklahoma Supreme Court ruling... Uh, just last year, right? Uh, that ordered the removal of yeah. the Ten Commandments monument on the grounds that it was in violation of the state constitution, mm-hmm. right? Because their state constitution uh, says that no public money or property shall ever be appropriated, applied, donated, or used directly or indirectly for the use, benefit, or support of any sect, church, denomination, or system of religion or for the use, benefit, or support of any priest, preacher, minister, or other religious teacher or dignitary or sectarian institution as such. They spelled out separation wow. of church and state very that, fucking clearly. That is as specific a law <laughs> as I have of any kind yeah. that I've ever heard. Oklahoma. When, state constitution. That's amazing. Yeah, 1906, uh, probably, or somewhere around there. I think that's about when Oklahoma wow. became state. Uh, and uh, somewhere in the early 1900s. Boy, Oklahoma, Oklahoma is sticklers for clarity well one of the things that i remember from oklahoma history when i took it and i think every eighth grader has to take oklahoma history was locusts is no um it's that because i mean oklahoma is one of the last states to enter the union right oh yeah so ni- it was, was that state in 1906 yeah so it, it has a, tw- a constitution that was written in the 20th century yeah so it's one of the most modern constitutions that I would have exists. thought they were older than that, but 1906. Yeah, yeah. Huh? it was, and so wow. the the they they pointed out in the in the state history book that um, it it was very sort of clearly written. Uh, there was an intention from the from the writers of the Constitution that that a layman could could read it. Right, it didn't, it didn't sound like legalese. It, that it, they, no, they, that's pretty right? clear. It, this is just fucking clear. Yeah, right. Uh, Once they killed all the Cherokee, they were like, now we're going to create a egalitarian society, right? <laughs> we got all those so-and-sos out of here. <laughs> Oklahoma has embraced its native populations. Now? Yeah. Now. Now that, now that all the, the smallpox blankets... Now that the Trail of Tears were, were, <laughs> is well, settled. Oklahoma had to embrace its native population because it was the dumping ground. Right for for all the native yeah. groups because the cherokees are not from oklahoma and that's that's true you know uh they were um displaced people but they've done very well they flourished in oklahoma actually good to hear anyway uh so the now let's bring us back up to date there is because of this horrible decision by the state supreme court <laughs> supporting the uh state constitution yeah there is a House Joint Resolution 1062 
which passed on March 10th by a vote of 86 to 10, which is seeking to... Uh, wait, did I get this wrong? I got this wrong. Oh, no. Okay, we might have to strike this. Let me just read, read this sentence okay. real quick. Okay, I got it. I had it right. So the, it is a response... To the Supreme the, the, Court, yeah. Ruling. This this resolution is a response to the state Supreme Court ruling, and uh, they want to change the state constitution now. To uh, they're gonna they're pushing a ballot initiative with this resolution uh, to uh, to change the constitution <laughs> so that 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 this that this clause this horrible clause that right. defines separation of church and state be stricken from the state constitution. Oh my God. That- and so. and there are like really strong historical reasons why they put such a strongly worded um, phrase like that in their state constitution, um, because Oklahoma, you know, was responding to, you know, a, a messy part of U.S. history that that uh, having to deal with American uh, Native Americans and forced uh, conversions to Christianity yep, right. that were government uh, dislocation and know, their child, their children being taken away, and forced into schools. And, right. and, and that, that was, that was just one of the things that they were responding to, you know, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm actually, when I was saying that Oklahoma treats its natives pretty, its native population pretty well, this, this is a good case or a good, good, uh, indicator of relative that. to the rest of the all country. the way back. Yeah. Then, um, they were saying, no, that's a terrible thing. Mm. And in this state, we're not going to pay for that. Well, the, the reason that there are, that the entire concept of church and state separation exists in the, the modern world is because of all the history mm-hmm. of religion and government. Yeah, absolutely. All of it. Religion gets into government all or vice versa. Right. And it causes just a fucking disaster. A fucking disaster. Uh, and, you know. Maybe exaggerating, someone might call in and say, well, you know, Bhutan is... But it's always the case. There isn't even a state in Bhutan. It's all it's all Buddhism, basically. <laughs> but, the you know, it, I, and I'm glad you brought up the example of Native Americans and how the disgraceful that treatment was and that inspiring that law. Yeah. But that it, was probably the most recent part of millennia of history right. in the world with church and state. Right. They, yeah, they, they, yes, they were on firm, solid ground, especially in this country, yeah. a country that supposedly has separation of church and state defined in our, you know, the federal constitution. Right. But, and, um, and, but and they, they went a step further. And I think 20 bucks says these guys think that's only for Christians. They, they think it's only going to apply to Christians. Yeah. So when the Satanists show up right. with their Baphomet statue, yeah. these guys are going to trip all over their dicks going, what, what, no, man, it's just for 10 commandments. I can't right. do Oklahoma. Is that Oklahoma accent? Really close, yeah. Thanks. thanks. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it. Hey there. Okie. The problem is they're going to spend all of this time right, changing their state constitution, striking down a fantastic you know, uh, definition of uh, uh, of, of church and, uh, separation of church and state. Yeah, right. They're and, and they're gonna they're gonna push it through. And in Oklahoma, in today's Oklahoma, it will pass. Wow. They will change their state constitution. They will strike this from it. Right. Yeah. And then they are going to march down and put the the Ten Commandments right back up on the state capitol grounds. Right. They're going to get embroiled in another lawsuit. Yep. And over the whole thing. US and this Supreme time Court. it's going to go to the U.S. Supreme Court, and they're going to have to remove 
yeah. the, uh, the, the the Ten Commandments yeah. again. This is just a pointless exercise. Yeah, they're wasting. It's message and pissing it's, it's away. It's just money. message bills, and yeah. it's the same thing our legislature does every year. Yeah. When our this Utah legislature voted to repeal the U.S. Seventeenth Amendment to the Constitution, which <laughs> gives direct right. uh, 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 election of senators right. to the people, to the people yeah. the, the, our dum dums in at the the legislature here want to appoint senators yeah themselves yeah as the legislature right yeah so, so we elect our legislators and then they get appoint to pick united states the senators. US senators yes for us i mean in utah because we couldn't possibly i gotta say in utah they probably couldn't do worse than the people no that's because true. boy if you know anything about orrin hatch and mike lee <laughs> we have some stinkers we have some blue ribbon dopes oh uh, yeah Mike Lee, who, by the way, is uh, personally holding up federal relief for Flint, Michigan, uh, personally holding up fixing the water system. He is such a piece of shit. He's it's such a piece of shit. His pudding soft little chin and his little tum tum. <laughs> it's just and he thinks he's such a hard ass and he just looks like a giant fucking baby. <laughs> I hate him. Again, I have no opinion about that. So if, any, if you want to weigh in, Frank. Uh, I wouldn't dare. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, if you'd like to chime in with your opinion mm, on uh, Mike Lee specifically, uh, please do so. You can call us. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. You can leave us a voicemail message. You can also send us an email podcast at thankgodimatheist.com is the email address or and or preferably and find us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash TGI Atheist. You can follow uh, Mackenzie's uh, daily postings there. And uh, also on Facebook, we have the TGIA Members Only Lounge. You have to search for it. Then you have to request to join it. And then you have to wait to be let in. It's like, becoming a, it's like becoming a Mason. Yeah, exactly. There's yeah. a secret handshake. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a fancy hat you have to wear whenever there's, you get into the, there's some butt the, stuff. the lounge. Yeah. <laughs> so some mildly embarrassing degrading mm -hmm. uh exercises that you have to go through yes uh all right we're gonna listen to uh a little clip here from glenn beck uh you know the thing about glenn beck that you may not realize is, is he's an idiot that he uh has direct daily contact with god god tells him shit all the time for sure and uh and here's what he has to say about himself and his listeners for years, I have been warning about what is coming this summer. I have to be honest with you. When I was saying some of these things that sounded crazy all the way back at CNN and at Fox and then on The Blaze, I have taken an awful lot of heat from the media. The media has had a good laugh at my expense. Everybody has, and that's fine. I will be honest with you. There were times, many times, that I would say, really? Really? Can I just cover the news, tell a few jokes, and call it a day? Really? But because... This is so... I'll say it anyway. Because he saved me, and because I know that I can never repay him back for that, because he literally saved my life, I made a promise to him. I will do what you want me to do. I will say what you want me to say. I will go where you want me to go. And so I have. And he put a warning message on my heart. And 
I didn't understand a lot of it. The Restoring series came out of that. When we gathered in Washington, Restoring Honor. When we went to Jerusalem, Restoring Courage. Here at uh, Dallas Cowboy Stadium, Restoring Love. I didn't know why I was doing those things. I thought a lot of those things. I, I, I didn't know why we were doing them. They cost me millions of dollars to do. We lost money on them. We never gained ratings or anything else from them. It was because we felt compelled we had to do it. But it struck me over the weekend, his genius. I have said for a long time, this is going to be the audience that saves the republic. It is clear this was preparation and sanctification. Oh, okay, Glenn Beck. Okay. Okay, Glenn Beck. Okay. Uh, oh, oh. Uh, at first glance, at first blush, mm-hmm. our listeners who have had contact with the Mormon world mm. will hear the familiar tropes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Will hear the familiar feigned sincerity, mm-hmm. the dramatic pause. Well, and, and if, you, if you could see the video, you would see this sort of, this like half-concerned yeah. face that's yeah. like, it's just like... I'm just so, what is going on Like with the world right now? I just don't. Yeah. Like, it's this weird thing that Mormons affect, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And he's, he's got it down. He does it totally down. he's a convert. Con- converts are the worst. Yeah. Well, that's true. <laughs> converts that's true. are worse. Is he still active? I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know. know. That, I don't know if he is or isn't. I, I didn't. I like. I but, would not believe him if he said the sky was blue. Like yeah. he is. He is so. The problem with that fake sincerity, and yeah. that I'll, I think a lot of religious people don't understand, yeah. is that it is so obviously fake sincerity. Right. Like anybody else can see it. It's only inside your ecclesiastical or your group bubble. Right. That that kind of. Uh, well, <laughs> what I'm about to say. Will change the world. It's every. I hardly dare say it. It's like nobody believes that yeah. shit. That's such garbage. But yeah. you know, for for people inside the bubble, they're like, oh yeah, that's that's the that's like swearing on a Bible for them. Yeah. Well, and this this is uh, a Utah state legislator as well. Who? Glenn Beck is like he reminds me of oh. like all the dipshits up on on Capitol Hill. I'm like, dear God, is he in office here? Yeah, <laughs> no, 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 no. That's what like, they all. He's like, like a perfect example of like a yeah. a Lavar Christensen or a, what was the dip the the Chris, Well, he, Chris Butters was that Glenn Beck. Yeah, makes Chris Butters makes Glenn Beck look smart, look pretty polished. Yeah, yeah. Butters was a, a true moron, but um, <laughs> you're, yeah, you're right. He's yeah. he definitely has that affectation. Yeah, and, it's just. I read it quick aside. I read an article by Matt Taibbi who was talking about the Bundy Ranch uh, occupation. You know, uh, oh, so yeah. the Bundy Ranch occupiers, those dum dums, were all Mormons, right? And he was like, "What is with all the crying? Oh, yeah. what is all this crying?" And I'm like, "Oh, dude, that's just Mormon." Yeah, yeah. That's, you had grown men who would never cry in front of their children. It grow like a Mormon man, like some tough ass rural Mormon guy who's a hard ass mm-hmm. rancher or whatever. You could hit him on the head with a sledgehammer and he won't cry. Right. Because he's tough. Because he's right. that tough. He's truly tough. Right. But he'll stand up in front of his congregation at church and weep. Yeah. Like his children will never see him cry even when like their mother dies. Right. But he will weep when he's talking about the Holy Ghost helping him fix his brakes or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's craziness. <laughs> 
I'm, and I'm not off, am I? It's like, no, you're totally right. Testimony it, meeting is a lot of. There's a lot of car trouble discussed. Yeah, it's it, <laughs> screen doors off their hinges. Yep. Yeah, that was. Uh, what was her name? Sister. Was that Sister Reader? I can't remember. There was there was one one member of the congregation who she would get up and it was just like. It was seriously like, my screen door came off the hinges. I remember this one story. <laughs> For testimony? And, yeah. Wow. And she was like, and then like the missionaries were walking by and they helped me put it back on the hinges. That is a miracle. You know? And it's like, uh, okay, thank you. Yeah. Next. We you had- know? But she got up every single month. Wow. Every month. Yeah. And she was like usually racing to be the first one up. Oh, gosh. You know? She was lonely. It's probably lonely. She might have been. I don't really remember who she was beyond that. Like, I, this was when I was a little kid. Does she need to be anyone else? That's amazing. <laughs> we had a guy. We had a guy in our ward who was. It was an older guy. He was really sweet. He was an older guy. and He was very deaf. Yeah. And okay. so he'd get the microphone right up to his mouth, and he didn't understand amplification, and, and his voice was kind of, as deaf people often are, it's kind of not completely right. You know. It, it, so anyway, it was just cr- crazy, and he would talk about. It was always about the car breaking down and oh, and praying, and then the car was fixed, and and yeah. nearly driving off the road with his car full of kids, and nearly driving off the road with his <laughs> livestock, and it, I, every every month, same yeah. same story. It's, a, it, it's unbelievable. Yeah, but just getting back to Glenn Beck, just momentarily. Uh, so he's bad at at what he does, right? Isn't that what he's saying? He he, he doesn't he, know why he does the things he does. Right. There's no he doesn't have a plan. There's no coherence. Right. He does he, stupid he, things and loses money for doing no them, reason. Right. Yeah. And yet it's God's plan. Because he's God is sanctifying and purif preparing. But, but for what? Like, well no, Glenn Beck's audience. And he because he starts off. He leads in with that whole thing about, you know, uh, sort of the chaos and the political system right now right yeah and oh that's the thing that's showing on the screen i guess if you're not if you don't if you're just listening you may not you may not get it because all the chaos that you can kind of hear at the beginning it's the political well he's showing like um, trump rallies trump rallies yeah yeah with the the chaos fighting and and fighting and everything yeah yeah and uh and so anyway so we're being we're well his his audience is being prepared by god through Glenn Beck to be ready to like save America. Well, that's his whole thing. Let's get on it. Cause it's, you know, it's not looking good guys. I, I, because this is the thing. Mormons have this weird, like, was it Brigham Young that said the whole, that the, the, the constitution of the United States will hang by a thread. It was Joseph Smith. Joseph Smith. It was the white horse prophecy. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is from the foundation of Mormonism. Yes. Mormons believe that there will come a time when the union is about to crumble. Yes. And the Constitution is is hanging by a thread. Hanging by a thread. Yeah. And they will. It will be the Mormons who save, save the it. Republic. Right. Yeah. And. Uh, and that was all around but, Romney, by the way. That was yeah, the swirling. Yes. Prop, that was the swirling thing around Romney. Is he was the White Horse prophecy. But look at what Romney's trying to reclaim now. He's jumping in and he's he's getting up and he's like he's trying to be like the chief like promoter of these other candidates other than Trump. 
Right. Right. So he's getting out there once again in the mix. Yeah. Because, well, clearly that wasn't the fulfillment of the prophecy. And, and, and but it he worked. knows yeah. that he is someday going to be the fulfillment. It's, that's in Mitt Romney's head at this I, point. I, I, People have I been guarantee preaching you that to him for I the last guarantee you that's in eight Romney's to ten head. years. Yes. Right. That he is going to be the savior of the United States. Yeah. And now he sees it maybe not as being president, but as preventing Donald Trump from being president. Right. Yeah. yeah you, that's but, interesting. But. Yeah. Mormons in general believe this. And so you have Glenn Beck getting yep. on his crazy internet yep. TV station, right? Yeah. There are some... There are some and and without, he sees himself in the same light. Without getting in too into the weeds, there are some really troubling prophecies in Mormonism that are, you know, a bit open-ended. And you, they're not written like that Oklahoma law that is like, under no circumstances will the following ever happen. <laughs> right. It's like the one strong and true Mormon prophecy. This guy is just going to show up and he's going to save the church. And that's kind of all we need to know. Right. And so a lot of lunatics have said, I am the one strong and true. And, right. and I, you can see Glenn Beck suddenly going, oh, right. It is I. Yeah. You know, it's easy for the crazy. Yeah. And, and the fringe element of, of Mormonism. Yeah. To to claim these these prophecies as their own. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that's what's going on with Glenn Black. Glenn Black. Glenn Black. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my mouth won't work. Glenn Black. Glenn Black. Yeah. Um, but that's what uh, that's what I think's going on with him. Yeah. I mean, he's it's been clear for a long time that he sees himself as some... A, a messianic. Yeah. 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 And uh, and a prophet. Well, here's here's what is the problem with, and we can conclude Glenn on something like this. The problem with Glenn Beck, Glenn Black, Black, oh god, Glenn Black, fuck the guy, (laughs) Elder Beck. The problem with Elder Beck is that when you want to get in the prophecy business, Mm. you have to be vague about thing and time and whatever. You cannot be like. He keeps doing this stuff where he's like, if the Obama administration does not answer me by Monday, I will blow the lid off of something so enormous. And then Monday comes, he's like, so the Yankees played this weekend. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you cannot, prophets cannot work on a calendar, really. It, right. That's what happened to that guy who kept saying it's the end of the world and and it oh, wasn't yeah, yeah. Um, you it has to be vague prophecy has to be really loose and right. glenn beck has failed at that and that's why he's on an internet weird ass tv show that nobody's watching right because people got over it people wanted the prophecies to come true and they never did right yeah he's a funny one yeah he's bad at it yeah he's, he's really a, bad at he's it. a bad prophet he's a really bad he's some but he gained a following for a minute he's a non-profit thanks to fox news he's a non-profit he's a non-profit yeah all right 501c3 <laughs> no. that's his gene size <laughs> <laughs> none of this is working what's next <laughs> um well what's next uh would be a, a voicemail oh. actually let's let's play a voicemail. oh we haven't done a voicemail we haven't done a voicemail in a while yeah. i have not been a part of playing a voicemail in quite a while. Cool. So let's uh, pull that up. This is from a uh, a lovely listener who has uh, a, a response to a bit of our conversation last week. Hey, Frank, Dan, and sometimes Mark. Um, <laughs> this is Melissa from Spokane, Washington. I've been listening for about a year now. Love it. Uh, anyway, so the recent podcast, Frank and Mark were talking about uh, religion and art. And Mark had noticed or mentioned this thing, uh, Nancy Reagan's whole uh, anti, you know, nothing that wasn't wholesome type of art. 
And um, how religious people are kind of like that. They like it to just please them and be pretty and be nothing outrageous that challenges your thinking, much like, you know, anything they're into. But anyway, so I just wanted to relay a little anecdote from my teenhood that kind of goes hand in hand with that. Uh, growing up, I loved drawing. It was my favorite thing to do. I was, you know, halfway decent at it. So uh, getting into junior high where you could elect your own classes, of course, art was in there. Um, in eighth grade, I had an art teacher who was absolutely terrible and should not have been a teacher of any kind, I think. She was extremely religious and talked about it in class in a public school. Um and you could tell that she applied her, you know, lifestyle choices towards the kids in the classes, art choices. For instance, this only person's art who she really seemed to like was this one um, very pretty, preppy, uh, nice Christian blonde girl's drawings of ponies and horses. Those always got A's, whereas the rest of us who picked really interesting things to do projects on, well, we usually got C's or D's or F's. Um, me and a friend of mine, uh, who's a very cool guy, uh, we decided we would just start doing things that we knew would bother her. <laughs> so <laughs> we were thumbing through some magazine, uh, National Geographic to be exact, and there was a special uh article about aging transvestite hookers <laughs> and so both of us picked out some really cool uh you know pictures to do we had to do like a black and white sketch of a color photo so both of us <laughs> picked out these really badass pictures of like 60 year old transvestite men with you know like dresses and jewelry and earrings and their hair grown out all along, but patchy and bald because they were aging. And, um, oh, man, just seeing the look on her face, it was beautiful. <laughs> anyway, so thought you guys would enjoy that. I really hope she's not teaching art anymore. Thanks, guys. Love your stuff. That's awesome. I love everything about that voicemail. I love everything about that voicemail. And before we dive into it, what I love the most, what was the most awesome was I love referring to religious people's beliefs as lifestyle choices. That is so fucking great. Because, you know, Frank and I, you uh -huh. know, our, our innate being right. and how we are constructed as human beings is often referred to as a lifestyle choice. Right. Yeah. So I love that the actual fucking choice of religion is very well done, caller. Yes. Yes. Very well done. Indeed. All around, but that yeah. was uh, good for you. <laughs> the... So, yeah, so Melissa, that's a great story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's um, so funny. I'd love the the provocative. Oh yeah. And we'll get into the art thing, the, the discussion a little bit more, but that's one of my favorite things about that is one of my favorite things in art is provocation. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. so great. So good for her having the, you know, at, at eighth grade. That's so cool. Wait, did she say eighth she grade? She said eighth grade. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eighth grade, I wasn't I wasn't even painting wasn't transvestites in eighth grade. In eighth grade. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, that's remarkable. Well, cool. Done. Yeah, well done. And Come it's on. and and you're right to do all go to all that effort just for the moment of seeing that face is beautiful. <laughs> that is art.
Part due. Part two. Yes. Of whatever we were talking about last uh, week. Frank and Mark talking about art. Yes. Frank and Mark. Frank and Mark in the labyrinth <laughs> of what the hell is art. Well, I mean, I don't think we need to define what art is. Although we kind of did last time. Uh, we, we took kinda, stabs. We took, you know. um, but uh, I think, well, this week we, we kind of promised that we would talk about a lot of the um, instances of sort of censorship mm-hmm. of art uh, and uh, religious folk trying to control uh, what art is or what gets funded or whatever whatever where do we want to start with that well last we were texting about it and you sent me like a barrage of examples yeah just from memory like yeah uh, because um, you know as i as we kind of concluded last week i said you know if you're i'm older than frank but if we're if you're in that general age range or older you remember well the cultural culture wars that kind of started to really explode (coughs) pardon me in the 80s well surely in the 60s there was the all the cultural upheaval and tumult where it was very conservatism versus whatever this new right. sensibility of the 60s was. Right. But in the more staid 80s, yes. you know, when America was a little more buttoned down and, and, and you know, permanent press, uh, right. there again emerged this kind of uh, culture war. And or real, you know, the real, what we now describe as the culture wars, I think really began at that time. Yeah, exactly. And it was, it had a lot to do with, with Reagan's electoral coalition, right? Where he managed with the help of, you know, some of the real scumbags of the Christian, right? The, the televangelists, you know, some really awful people uh, to get evangelicals and the American Protestant communities to evangelical Protestants to really come to the polls in large numbers. And to do that, you have to rile them up. You have to, you have to give them a reason to come. Yeah. You have to give them a reason to you, show up. Yeah. And, and so, you know, Reagan did that in a lot of different ways. He gave his, um, his, uh, he announced his candidacy for president in a place called Philadelphia, Mississippi, which is, is famous, uh, in the civil rights movement where three, uh, election volunteers, poll workers, uh, or who went from the north to the south to help register black voters were killed. Right. Uh, not very long before that announcement, um, probably just 12 or 14 years before. That's remarkable. Yeah, isn't that, it's spooky. Do you really think about that. Yeah, yeah, and why would you go to this nowhere town to announce a presidency, to announce your run for the presidency? Anyway, so Reagan, Reagan was a master of the dog whistle, and mm. uh, mm-hmm. he really ginned up a lot of very conservative, very Christian people to come to the polls. And, and that's, that's, you know, oddly, that's how he beat the actual evangelical born-again Christian Jimmy Carter. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah, super yeah. crazy. So it just shows you, it shows you the, the fraught nature of identity politics in America. It's, not, it's never exactly what you think it's going to be. Right. Um, so anyway, he, he came into power. Uh, it was morning in America. It was all this kind of sunny, happy bullshit that uh, this kindly, grandfatherly conservatism was going to kind of erase mm-hmm. the, the cultural upheaval of the 60s and the 70s. Mm-hmm. And it would be white picket fences and, mm, and it would be the 4th of July every day. Jelly beans. And jelly beans. And, it, you know, of course, it was a moronic approach to governance and it was a, right and and we're still dealing with it today but yeah. specific to what we're talking about is 
the, the, the real war began under Reagan with something called the NEA. Mm-hmm. And the National Endowment, uh, sorry, the National Endowment for the Arts uh, has, uh, oddly, it hasn't been around as long as I thought it had been. And oh, really? It, no, it was chartered in 1965. As, I don't know. I thought it would have been a Roosevelt thing. Well, that's, I think that was probably its DNA. Okay. So I think that the, the works, what was originally called the Works Progress Administration, then became mm-hmm. the Works Projects Administration, okay. had a very robust arts arm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So under Roosevelt, you know, the Great Depression, and it was the country absolutely cratered. Right. The greatest economic, I mean, it affected the whole world. Right. But uh, um, the yeah. U.S. was in terrible shape. Yeah, they put a ton of artists to work through the WTA. A ton of artists. I read that it was, it was more than 10,000 artists of various kinds were, were uh, doing all kinds of work well, they, in they, service of the people. But they were paying people who do ceramics just to make ceramics. Correct. To, to no real end. Like, we, we know right. sort of the WPA... Um, Farm yeah. projects and yeah, stuff and, like that. Well, and, you know, like the, the, the posters, the sort of the yeah. solidarity posters Correct. that they would paint. And they were, you know, fantastic. And clearly that's a way that they were putting artists to work. Right. For sort of the benefit of Society. the country. Yeah, in the same promote, way they... Right. right. In the same way they were putting farmers to work to farm. And they were right. putting... Road builders to build roads, and you know, so yeah. much. It was but, a brilliant program. So much came out of that, and but they went so far as to fund simply just the fine arts for the sake of the fine arts. Correct. Yes. They also paid people who had arts understanding to travel the country and document folk art mm. mm-hmm. that had never been done before. There right. had never been a huge survey of America, literally like American quilt making, right? Uh, American needlepoint. So that I think that is the. The National Endowment for the Arts did not replace in time right. the uh, the Works Progress Projects Administration, but it did. I think that's its DNA, and okay. it, it began it began to make grants available. Right. So it wasn't necessarily it wasn't paying people like the the WPA was to paint murals in public buildings, right, or to decorate schools, or oh, sure, okay. or, or put on. They used to put on plays uh, about literally put on theater about farming techniques because we needed a more advanced agriculture. So anyway, right. the NEA was more about ju- its charter is basically to foster excellence in the arts. So oh, okay. essentially it's, it's a government fund. Most civilized nations contribute gr- vastly to the arts, right? Movies, theater, uh, you know, pr- uh, studio art, all kinds of different things. Right. We we are the of all this of all the industrialized nations. We are kind of the most miserly, and we don't really do that. Right. Japan has the National Treasures Program, where human beings are considered national treasures as artists, wow. and are fostered and and they receive a stipend, so they're free to kind of continue whatever their work is. Oh my goodness! So this is a kind of an attempt. It, it's it's in the hundred and twenty to hundred and forty million dollar a year right. uh, fund that is available for different artists. Huh. Well, nobody was really paying attention to it um, until the Reagan years. Right. And then uh, some artists that Reagan's administration began and his wife mm-hmm. began to see as she's being made a saint now by people. The Pope. <laughs> what were her miracles? Uh, uh, she said that she had Mr. T as Santa Claus at the White House. <laughs> was a miracle. Um, so anyway, they there's some some 
controversial artist popped up. One is a fairly familiar name by name of Robert Maplethorpe, uh-huh. who received an NEA grant. Right. Again, these were not people that were producing art for the government or for the people. This was simply a grant in support of whatever work anybody was doing, mm. regardless of content, regardless of, of medium. Uh, so Robert Maplethorpe certainly was uh, a very controversial well, he wasn't controversial. He was an artist. And these people found a problem with him because it, he had a lot of sexual content, mm. a lot of nudity, a lot of uh, homoerotic content. The, okay. the right loved referring to the bullwhip up the ass, which was one of his photographs. Right. Okay. Um, but the one that really got people's blood boiling was a guy named Andres Serrano, mm. who was a photographer who created um, uh, something called the Piss Christ which was a photograph of a plastic crucifix in a jar of urine. Oh, I never... Re- oh, wow. Okay. It was a photograph. I so, didn't realize it was a photograph. Yeah. It, was a, it wasn't an actual object art or a sculpture that he had in a, a gallery. It was a photograph. The way that it's... I always thought that it was an actual... Like, well, it was an actual thing. He took a picture. No, yeah. But I always thought that, 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 that it was the, the, the cross in the jar that yeah. was on display. No, it was a photograph. It was a photograph. Yeah. Fascinating. Did not know that. Shows how uninformed I am. One one more degree of separation away from the actual object, but it was still, it was, is it provocative? Certainly. Yeah. Um, Is it... uh, But I always assumed that you could like smell the piss and you know what I mean? Like... Well, that's that's the the, the legend of it, right? Yeah. You, You... are like most people think it was like he stood in a gallery yeah. he stood in a cathedral and peed in a jar on a crucifix and then dropped his crucifix into the jar right something yeah. like that so um, instead i mean it could have just been food coloring and i mean you have to trust him that it actually was urine but i mean it could have been anything else it could because have been it was anything a, else but nonetheless that's not the point but the intent obviously the intent was, was that it's urine and and if i remember Which his is, if i remember his backstory he he is one of many people who had a terrible youth in the Catholic Church oh, right. and with conservatism and with religion right. and it was a statement. Right. Pure there and you go. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it, it, Piss on Christ. it's a bit of a sticky wicket because then, you know, there was a, 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 a man named Jesse Helms who was a Republican senator uh-huh. from the Carolinas who was as close to a central casting Southern bigot as you will ever find. Like, Boss Hog would be like, man, that's a caricature. Turn it down. You know what I mean? Just an right. absolute joke of a human being right. and a southern bigot. Anyway, he he who, who, who while being a bigot also kept a uh, African American uh, mistress, right? Possibly, but him? you're thinking of Strom Thurmond. Oh, I'm thinking of Strom Thurmond. Yeah, but you, you probably Darren. okay. Probably sorry, <laughs> sorry wrong guy, uh, wrong guy. Uh, um, but si- similar sensibility okay. and similar vintage. Okay. Um, so he led the charge against this, and and uh, this went on and on and on and on, and and this was uh, also gay artists were under attack in the NEA because, of course, it was the Reagan years, right? And despite Hillary Clinton's recent missta- misstatement. The Reagans did fuck all about the AIDS crisis. Right. Uh, 29,000 Americans were dead of AIDS before the president ever mentioned it publicly. Right. Um, so there was a virulent homophobia uh, in, 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 in our official politics mm-hmm. in the 80s during the AIDS scare. Um, so I, I, I think now that there's a little bit of a history 
to that, and the NEA still exists, and they are still uh, they they did back off of a um, there was a public display of Maplethorpe's work. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they backed off of it under political pressure. Mm. The the screaming from the arts community was so intense that they actually apologized and said they were wrong. Hmm. And their charter says nothing about content. So right. okay. they, they, their charter is to support excellence in the arts. Wow. And that's really basically it. Right. Okay. So I, I think happily, I'm not sure what's happened in, in very recent years. Happily, they've refound their footing. Right. And what miserly sums they have to give away to for grants, uh, I think they're doing regardless of content now. Huh. Yeah. All right. Um, so let me, let me get this straight. Because I, I guess I really did not. I didn't know this story really at all. Mm. Um, uh, so they weren't. They didn't fund the production of the photograph. They were just backing a no. They give they they uh, a showing. So as an artist, you may apply for a grant from the right. and many 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 do right because there's no money for arts in this country. So right. they, they you apply for a grant and they they jury your you know somebody jurors your body of work right and says oh this person is doing really interesting work right it seems important so he did get funding he got funding okay. I don't I don't know if he got funded if he said hey I want to put a crucifix in a jar full of piss you can take a picture of right like I don't know if that was the approach but he was and they they basically are not paying generally for a single work right they're they're they're, they're paying to support an artist right. to do their work they're 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 basically probably just asking for the person to prove that they are a working artist. Right. Show us a portfolio. Right. La la la. Okay. Okay. That's the kind of stuff for you the- do. For theater or dance, you may be applying for a single work. Right. Right. Okay. You want to produce a, a, a play. But a photographer, sculptor, painter. I think it's more general than that. Yeah. It's I think. A, here's, what it, here's what we do. La, la, or here's what I do. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, and you get, get some funding. $20,000 for a year or something. Right. Like okay. That, to, to pursue your work. And then so. you go off and do whatever the fuck you want. And then the NEA got all the heat, yeah, because they had supposedly paid for the thing, right? And and right. so, okay, you know, we got into a discussion about commercial art last week, and of course, there is fantastic commercial art. There are great films, there are, is great music, there is right. great plays that people sell tickets to or sell albums or whatever. Um, but I I think part of our discussion is we it's it, there's always a strange. There's a church and state kind of sensibility to to the money art mm. uh, 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 relationship, right? Right. So so when so these were these were these conservatives felt entitled to be able to to have something to say uh-huh. about this art because it was publicly funded, right? Okay. So PBS, for instance, is always under attack. Always under attack. Yeah, you know, PBS, which is an amazing service, right? Um, is always under attack because, oh, they aired a show about evolution. Right. Uh, right. So uh, I, I, I think it is, it's a bit tricky. I'm not sure. I, I think that, that governments and societies should support the arts. Uh-huh. Um, but do people, are people, certainly people are entitled to say anything they want about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you're free to, to hate the piss Christ or you're free to hate any art you want and say something about it. Right. Um, but do we do we allow government to then juror it for content, you know, and say, again, it's only wholesome art. It's only things, you know, it's 
can only be Norman Rockwell. It can only right. be uh, so. Right. I, it's to promote the Republic. Right. 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 Yeah. And interestingly enough, the NEA did get caught in a little scandal. Oh, really? About that fairly recently. Um, this horrible old troll that's dead, Andrew Breitbart, caught a conference call where someone from the NEA was directing artists to create work in the support of Barack Obama's domestic agenda. What? Yeah. And I hadn't okay. really, I hadn't heard about this particular one, but okay. they recorded a conference call where he was saying, I would encourage you to pick something, whether it's healthcare, education, the environment, you know, there's four key areas that the, cor- uh, the corporation has identified as the areas of service hmm. um, and was really pushing them. They, of course, they kind of tried to back out of it, but... To me, that seems if you're not going to juror for content and if we're going to insist that Christian right has nothing to say about who is supported. Right. Then this is out of line. Yeah, that's dicey. Right. Because it's not the WPA where you're saying you're creating work for the government and here's the program we need you to illustrate. Right. Because we're desperately trying to. Because we just want to keep you from starving. (laughs) Right. And dig the entire country out of it. Colossal yeah. mess. Yeah. Uh, where everybody, one, what, one quarter of the people were, one third of the people were out of work. Oh, something God. Like I think, yeah, I think it was at least 30% unemployment, yeah. wasn't it? It was unbelievable. Um, so there was that. There were, um, do we want to just stop with the NEA or do we want to talk about like BYU and their, Let's talk about whatever, their fun times whatever you want. with Rodan? And I, I was, was a student during the whole Rodan I was going to say, too, that it is, it, the, the left is not immune from this kind of stuff. And that phone, that recorded conference call kind of shows it. But also, hmm. it was Al Gore's wife. Oh, Tipper. <sighs> Tipper. Yeah. Who started this insanity of the, of the explicit lyrics and trying to ban musicians and right. trying to stop. You know, and I think most of it was probably fear of hip hop. Oh, yes. <laughs> Fear of Clearly. this new black music that, you know, was the, way more scary than the nice, nice white ladies from Tennessee the Boogaloo. just can't handle. Yeah. So yeah. so that was an embarrassment and that was a stupid thing to have done. And right. uh, and it was an attempt at censorship, not necessarily by the government itself, but by the wife of a congressman. Right. Um, so the, I, I think that I, I guess what I'm going at here and where we're going to go with BYU for a bit is is censorship. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we don't even have to talk about BYU. We probably are running out. Of, this is why when we first started talking about this, I was like, damn it, we could talk about this for a while. 26 parts. Um, but yeah, I mean, just quickly, um, the whole BYU and Rodan, the Mormons have their own little tenuous history with, you know, what they're going to support or not. But they, they, they want to have like, they, they, yeah. they, they want this sense of like, worldliness and embracing legitimacy like, yeah yeah and so down at byu there's the they've got their you know museum of art that's on campus and and they somehow attract really good stuff sometimes yeah sometimes they'll, they'll get like a touring exhibit like the ramses the second they got yeah. this huge all these egyptian treasures so somehow they yeah they, they're they, deemed legitimate enough to kind of attract right and so back in the 90s they got the touring uh, Rodin exhibit mm-hmm. and they decided that they were not going to, one of the pieces that I remember specifically that they decided that they were not going to uh, exhibit with the rest of the exhibit mm-hmm. uh, was the kiss, um, which is, um, which has a, 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 a woman's boobs showing. Oh my God. Right. Bare breast boobs. Titties. Um, 
titties. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and the other one was um, John the Baptist. Uh, is, he, is he naked? He's naked. Oh. Yeah. And so you can't possibly have a prophet's genitalia on display. Well, he's in a line of work where... <laughs> You don't want to stay clothed all the time. Well, but if you'll see the rest of the Mormon art, or if you'll see Mormon art yeah. depicting, you know, John the Baptist baptizing Christ, uh, yeah, he's clothed. They're both F- fully clothed. Fully toged. Yes. Yeah. Um, as any good Christian would be. Yeah. Uh, and so they decided, in particular, those two pieces, that's what everybody was really outraged about, uh, the fact that they did not put those on exhibit. And there was like... The B- I have to say, there was a good contingent of students at BYU that they actually protested. There were really? like the 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 you know, students from the art department. Yeah, were outraged. Right, and they put they made signs and they marched on the quad and they went up to the administration building. They stood outside and they had a couple little. They had some speakers get up and do their whole little thing. I mean, it was not a lot of people. Did, did they stick the dogs on them? Thirty, forty people. Uh, they were denounced. Oh, for sure. Yeah. By by the administration. That is not and done. I, I should have, uh, in preparation, I should have double checked to see what their uh, what the consequences were. I believe, so, if I remember correctly, somebody did get um, uh, expelled from the school over wow. the whole thing. Wow, expelled. I'm pretty sure. Let me double check that. No, that's okay. I mean, I, I do remember it as uh, uh, it made was, national news. There was serious fallout. Like they did the same fallout. thing with the Etruscan treasures, where they actually uh, draped <laughs> uh, ancient Etruscan art, okay, pre-Roman art, with uh, uh, I seem to remember an attempt at making something look like a piece of Etruscan art, but it was covering genitals, and it was bizarre. <laughs> Yeah, I'm serious. It, it was really terrible. And I, I, you know, at 16, I was really horrified and offended by that affront to, you know, these ancient treasures. But so, yeah, they're at war with themselves, right? You're, they, they do want to be perceived as worldly people. Look, we have serious guys in business like Mitt Romney. We want to attract uh, incredible art. But at the same time, ooh, titties, ooh, peepees, you know. <laughs> I know. How do they resolve this inner turmoil they have? I, I guess Prozac. Well, and they, they kept saying this whole thing. I remember them very clearly talking about how, you know, well, school children come through here. We, we, we bring their student, like little kids come through here. We're going to show them like the, the, this man and woman in First naked of all, embrace. Little kids see more tits than almost anybody. <laughs> right? Well, really little ones do. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully. Fortunately, point. fortunately, they can't remember it. Okay, it's, <laughs> I don't. Know. It's on the other side of the veil. <laughs> but anyway, um, I I swear to God, I uh, who changes it? Um, I, I I remember somebody being uh, either they end up leaving the school or over it, or the, the, there was a very very public um, fallout that happened from from the protest because they were. They were blatantly challenging, you know, men who had been appointed by the prophet yep. to uh, run the school. Yeah, this right? is not done in Mormonism. There no. is no challenge. Right. You do not challenge authority. Right. That's just um, not done. I, I, I hope that I'm not. Uh, and rumor was he was expelled. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that, that the kid was expelled. Right. If I remember right. Well, they expelled 
they expel people not infrequently. Yeah. 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 If you if you go to BYU and you are enter as a Mormon and you change your mind, expelled. Gone. Yeah. 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 But anyway, um I always love to make sure that all my facts are right, folks. So <laughs> before opening my mouth. Oh, pisser. All right. Um all right, is that it? Are we done? <laughs> I, mean, there's, I mean, there's so much to talk about. What I'm looking at is the clock and the fact yeah. that we've been we've been going now for a little while. Yeah, well, maybe if, we'll. If, maybe, if there's any, is there anything else on your mind? No, I just think that the 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 subject of censorship is is a fascinating one. Yeah, the subject of who pays for art and if they're paying for art, what, how do they get? What do they get to say about it? Right, is always a, is a vexatious place. Is a vexatious space. That right. artists have to inhabit, right? And and so it's a, it's a fascinating topic. We could go on and on forever, but maybe yeah. we'll do a part three at another time. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, if you'd like to correct me, not me or though. or or, or, Martin, <laughs> or chime in, uh, please do so. Uh, the telephone number is four two four six 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 eight four four two, or you can email us podcast at thankgodimatheist.com is the email address. And you can also find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Atheist. While on Facebook, search for the TGIA Members Only Lounge and request to join. And uh, you have to wait a minute and we'll let you in. All right. Thanks to uh, Mackenzie for all of her help on Facebook. And thanks to the mm-hmm. Red Rock Hot Club for the use of their music. Mm-hmm. And thank you, Mark. Thank you, Frank. It's always great having you here. Glad to be here. Uh, And thank you, dear listener. Indeed. Bye-bye.